Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 34 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com, coming off of what was a riveting and, for Giants fans, a disappointing ending to Sunday's game in MetLife Stadium. The Giants and the Jets, first time in four years they get together. 23-20, to the Jets win it in overtime after the Giants blow a 20-10 to lead in the fourth quarter. What's been a theme of this season reared its head once again, I'm Joe. With me, as always, Jordan Renan and James Cratch. We were all What's there up, yesterday. Jordan, we were watching the game. We were sitting there, and you know, you and I looked at each other as the Giants were lining up to go for the fourth and two on Sunday. On the four, you know, fourth and two, four yard line, about eight and a half or so minutes to go. And, and the question was, why? What are they doing? Why not go for the field goal? That's been the whole conversation, and then the aftermath now about Tom Coughlin's future. Jordan, just. Your thoughts, your initial thoughts, and then now as you had some time to kind of percolate on it, the fourth and two decision, up 10 at that point, uh, to not kick the field goal. Yeah, I mean, to me, it seemed pretty obvious. I, I said to you at the time, I was going to, I raced to get it up on Twitter right beforehand, so at least I, my, my stance was, was uh, you know, written in stone, it was out there, that I thought it was a mistake right from the beginning. I mean, just take those points. You get up two scores. I mean, you get up two touch. Uh, make them score two touchdowns. There's not really up two touchdowns. You're up 13 points. It takes away the idea that the Jets can go. There's still eight eight minutes and 50 seconds left. That's plenty of time for two elongated drives. They're going to get the ball back twice at that point. They're going to have two, unless the Giants really run out the clock and have a great drive. You know, they, they're going to get the ball back twice. So, you know, they gave them the option of, being able to go down the field and kick a field goal on the first drive, which is exactly what happened. The Giants would have, if, if they had kicked the field goal, gone up 13, it would have been a chip shot. They, they kick a field goal, go up 13. The Jets, go, first of all, you have to start pressing when you're, when you're the other team because you know you have to get in the end zone. You can't just go down the field, dink and dunk down the field, and then get in field goal range and be like, okay, we're still okay here. We're still down one score. Instead, you start pressing if you're down 13. You have to make plays. You have to make plays down the field. You have to make plays to get in the end zone. So once you get in the red zone, you start to do things a little differently. You have to get in the end zone. You know it. You can't just say, okay, we're in good shape. We, as long as we get a field goal out of this, we're, we're still alive. Uh, so, you know, right from the beginning, mistake. And this idea that, okay, the Giants' defense was going to allow them to run down the field anyway, even if, even if they were up 13, I find that to be ludicrous at this point. This is a defense that had given up 10 points through 51 minutes at that point. 10 points in 51 minutes. So, uh, to me, you know, they given up one touchdown. They were saying, okay, they didn't have confidence that they could stop them from scoring twice in the final eight minutes and 50 seconds. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, me neither. It didn't make sense then. It doesn't make any sense now as the week is playing itself out. And, I mean, just with that point you made there, Jordan, I mean, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a very nice game against the Giants on Sunday, but it wasn't like when they played Tom Brady a couple weeks ago when you can, you can have those thoughts in your head, like, this guy's going to score a couple more times. We need every point possible. That that's, hasn't been Ryan Fitzpatrick his entire career. To, it's just amazing to hear that and to think about it. Now, James, you had a piece on NJ.com on Monday about how the offense really kind of hung the defense out to dry there, and, and I agree with what you wrote, and I mean, look, that was a tough spot for the offense to try to get it in the red zone tight area. And then when it didn't work, all the pressure shifted to the defense right away. Yeah, Joe. I mean, look, the Giants defense is not very good. I think that's been established time and time again. And the numbers are pretty ugly. But at the same time, every week, it seems 
you know, they put the Giants in a position to win the game. They they get turnovers that they, they bend, they don't break. And, you know, finally, I mean, look, so the Giants don't get the touchdown there on that call. So it's 2010. The Jets get the ball back. They go down the field. They get a field goal. So defense hold, hold, held. All right, so now it's 2013. I think four minutes and change left. All the Giants offense has to do is they don't have to score. They just have to run out the clock. They just have to hold on to the ball, and it's over. And they go three and out, and they give the ball back to Fitzpatrick with over two minutes to go, timeouts. It's just you you can't keep putting that defense out on the field and expecting them to keep on holding up, in my opinion. I think the Giants have learned this plenty of times this year. So at some point, the offense has to win the game with the ball in their hands. They do. And if, you, if you think about it, Joe, let me, let me just add this in. They they really like they only scored ten points yesterday, or on on, on Sunday because the the first three points or, or the first you know, there was the kick return touchdown, and then there was the the fumble recovery which they basically just kicked a field goal, and that was it. So like ten of those points came not even from the offense. It's a good point, and and really the and another touchdown came from Beckham just making an outrageous play, which yeah one play one play one really. play they it. didn't have you're right they didn't have sustained drives at all and and they did and the defense had a try to save them once again. It didn't work out. And, and James, you had mentioned this has happened time and again. Five losses when leading after two minutes. It's just, it's amazing to wrap your mind around that, but that's, I guess that's how you get to five and seven. And you hear some of the quotes from the guys after the game, as you guys were talking to them, they feel like they're better than this. But, you know, after 12 games, they're not, right, Jordan? This is, this is just what they are. Joe, this isn't just a once or twice isolated incident. This, this is a pattern. It's four or five times this year you could you could pinpoint. This is who they are. They're a, a below-average team. They have a losing record that shows it. And they ha- they can't close games out at the end. And you know what? It's a team thing. I think one of the biggest problems here is that Tom, Coughlin's, uh, Tom Coughlin and the Giants, really, as a whole, they don't trust the defense. They really don't. They don't trust that the defense can make stops when they need it most. And that's that's that shows by what the move that Tom Coughlin made. He, he didn't have enough trust in the defense that they could preserve a 13-point lead with eight minutes and 50 seconds left. That's that simple. He just they, he didn't have the trust that they could do that and that they could make those stops at the end of the game. Even for a defense that had played well most of the afternoon, they were actually pressuring the quarterback, Robert Ayers and, and JPP, were, and Cullen Jenkins too. I mean, they were getting after the quarterback most of the afternoon, and they still didn't have any trust in, that, in them to make those, make those plays there at the end. No, they didn't, and then that showed the way they called it, the way they basically said they didn't have it, and now they sit here and, I mean, the question to me, James, now is can you get up off the mat after five of these? I mean, they're five and seven. Who knows how the last four games play out? The division is obviously still there, something they've been talking about um, since the game ended, but you know, is there a point where there's too many of these, too many gut punches where a team just can't come back and, and get up off the mat? I would think, yes, there has to be. Um... But you know what? I don't really know if you can say this is that last, you know, Sunday was that moment for the Giants because it's the same story every week. I mean, and what I mean by that is like, you know, the, the you know the tone, what the players, what the coaches say, it doesn't really change. You know, it, it was like it, the only thing that really changes is the amount of games that are left in the season. When they came back from the bye week, it was a six-week season. Then it was a five-week season after Washington. Now it's a four-week season. And, you know, we're talking on Monday before the Cowboys play the Redskins. I mean, if the Redskins go out and win tonight and win convincingly, 
then I think the, the Giants' sense of we're still in this is going to drop significantly. But if the Reds, if the Cowboys win tonight, then it's basically washed it and it starts anew. Yeah, it's starting. There's, there's still time for first place. We'll see how that turns out, though. I mean, but yeah, that, that would be nice. Yeah, but either way, I mean, that, that's just kind of that sums up the division. No matter what happened on Monday Night Football between those two teams, the Redskins and the Cowboys, it's still there. I mean, no one's buried. No one's going to ever bury each other teams in this division. But that doesn't mask all the problems here. And, Jordan, you had mentioned a couple minutes ago that they're just not a very good team. And now this is going on really years that they've been mediocre at best when you had all these years up, you know, last four or five years. I mean, they're nothing more than a 500 team. And, I mean, yesterday was the first time this season, that we've seen in the past, but the first time this season on Sunday where the fans started really saying uh, in unison, it's, it's time for change, and you're hearing a lot about it's time for Tom Coughlin to go. Um, it's, it's probably time we start thinking about that. I know you guys started writing about potential head coach candidates for after the season. Uh, that's going to become a theme here, isn't it, over the next four weeks? Yeah, you know, there's too many of these same mistakes late in games. There's, it's been a, a downward trend, even if they make the playoffs this year. I mean, what, what are they going to be? At best, they're 8-18 eight to make the playoffs. I mean, this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't a very good team. I mean, it's that simple from top to bottom. There's problems with the roster. There's problems with the coaching. Uh, the coach is going to be 70 euros, years old next year. It's a, it's a fact that you just can't ignore when you're looking in, into the situation. And when, you, when you're looking at, okay, what kind of decisions do they make here? That's something that they have to take in, into account. Uh, it's impossible to completely overlook that. So, uh, you know, in the NFL, too, let's be honest, you miss the playoffs four straight years. It's usually time for a change. And uh, I've said this many times. Uh, I was down in Philadelphia when the Andy Reid uh, regime ran its course. And granted, they didn't have the same success, or at least they never didn't reach the mountaintop like they have here uh, in any way, shape or form. But and that, obviously, Coughlin has that in his back pocket. But, you know, sometimes you just need a change. It's time for a change. It's time for something different, and it's time to move on and, and really take a new direction. And uh, it really looks like that's where this is headed. I mean, regardless of how this ends here, is that they're, they're going to have to go in a different direction at some point soon because, you know, he's, he's not going to stay here forever as the coach, and Eli, in reality, won't be here forever as the quarterback. So you got to start thinking, hey, how are we going to get to the next level and get to the next step of where this organization is going? Yeah, and, and Tom's obviously because of his age and the way that these games have been lost, he is the, he's the target right now. I mean, there's no doubt about that. He gets a lot of the blame, if not all the blame, for what happened against the Jets. James, how about, how about the GM, though? I mean, you know, they're not, we all acknowledge they're not a very good team. So, you know, no matter what Tom does, working magic or making blunders on the sideline, the roster mm-hmm. is going to be what it is. How about Jerry Reese? I mean, do you think that's going to become a story over the next four weeks, too? Not just Coughlin, but maybe a major change. Uh, I have a hard time seeing it. You know, the Giants, look, I think that, you know, I've only been to be for a year, but I think it's well established that the Giants are an organization that doesn't really make drastic changes um, very often. And I, I think 1978 was the last time that they've, you know, changed coaches and general managers in the same year. Um, I think Jordan said on Twitter a couple of days ago, you know, Tom is close to 70. He would turn 70 during training camp next season and Jerry Reese is obviously much younger so I don't think that Jerry Reese's job would be in jeopardy um look he's had some poor drafts in the past and that's a lot of big reason why the Giants are where they are at this point but his last three drafts have been stronger obviously he brought Odell Beckham Jr. in and uh I just think that 
if if Tom were to go, or, and however it happens, um, I, I think Reese would stay and would get to play a role in picking the new head coach. But at that point, you know, if Coughlin goes and Reese stays, Reese has to own it from there on out. Oh yeah, then on the spotlight goes right on him. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But he, they're still paying for the mistakes they made, in, you know, in the draft from '09 to '13. And I think ever, you know, those those are the years that they, they still have nothing remaining from them, basically, especially outside of the first round. Yeah, they don't really have much at all. And if it, if it wasn't for Odell Beckham Jr. and the home run Reese hit with that pick, I mean, I feel like he'd be on his way out too. I feel like it would be that big of a drastic deal because Jordan, I think you had a tweet on Monday about the Giants and their targets and who made the plays. I mean, Beckham did what he usually does. And then no one else in the passing game for Manning did anything from Randall to Knicks to Ty. I mean, it was just a whole bunch of targets and no production outside of what Beckham does. Yeah, it was like uh, Beckham uh, 148 yards on 11 targets and uh, everybody else 147 yards on uh, 23 targets. So, you know, more than twice as many targets and pretty similar production that's just not good enough and they need someone else and Ruben Randall's not doing anything Dwayne Harris is providing very little at this point you know he's the third receiver he's the slot receiver they don't really get much out of Shane Vereen here the last couple weeks either uh that's something they're gonna have to rectify uh Will Ty has been it was their second best receiver outside of Ty and Beckham they got nothing against the uh, I was about to say the Patriots, but no, uh, against the Jets. So, uh, yeah, they need to get more outside of that. Odell Beckham is tremendous. He's an absolute stud. I think we've seen that. Yeah, he makes mistakes. He kicked the ball. That was stupid and foolish. But how good is he? He makes up for it on the very next play by converting a fourth down in a tough catch. So, uh, you know, what can you say? He's He's really good, and right now they just don't have that much around him. Yeah, he's really good, and the rest of the team really, you know, for the most part, um, it isn't. How about the mood inside and around the team, you know, right after the game and then the next day? James, I mean, we were talking earlier about gut punches and how do you get back up after the mat. I mean, the Giants, the one thing I guess you could say about them is I guess they kind of have an iron chin because they do it all the time. So maybe that maybe it won't affect them down the, the stretch of the season as much as it would some other teams. But what was the, what's the mood? You know, are they – does it feel like a team that just knows they've letting these too many of these things slip away, or is it you know, we'll get it next, we'll get them next week? I I think they're a team that realizes that there has been a lot of opportunities presented to them so far, and they have not taken advantage of any of them. Um, but at the same time, I also think it's a team that look. I think you know Tom Coughlin said he's a competitive person. They're all competitive, obviously. It's a National Football League, and I think that. Even though everything that's happened, they still sit there and say, "We be- if we can turn this around, and I think that they do believe they can, um, I'd- are they correct? I don't know. But they feel they can turn this around, and at the same time, it's still available to them. I mean, look, I think if they were two, three games out of first place, that they would be resigned to their fate. But I think the fact that the division is so poor, until they're eliminated, they're going to have some sense of belief. Worst case scenario, they're one game back with four to play. I mean, you know, why should they're not going to they're going to think they're in it regardless. I mean, if they go three and one and and they're one game back with four to play, who here doesn't like their chances? You have to like their chances because everyone else thinks, too. Yeah. Now, do we now do we believe that they can go three and one? I think. I'll speak for me personally, probably not at this point. Uh, but at the same time, if, if you're them, you have to look at it like, look, 
we lost three straight, but we should have won two of these games. We should have beat the New England Patriots, who are one of the better teams in the league. They played well against some really good teams. They have some decent victories. So yeah, they're going to think that they still can get it done because there is some shred of evidence that, that this could be a, a team that can win some games, and even, though, even when it's against teams like Minnesota and Carolina that are really good teams. Now, so, it's a different story whether they get it done or not, but you know they're going to think that they can, I think. I look at their season now is it's four games, but I look at it's three parts. You have to win on Monday night in Miami. If you win that game, you have two tough games, home against Carolina, at Minnesota. You've you got to split those two games. And if you can take care of business in the first half, the first part, and take care of business in the second part, then you just roll the dice in week 17 against the Eagles at home, and you see what happens. That's the way I, I think that they need to look at their season going forward. But, but the reality is that if they don't win that Eagles game between division records and tiebreakers, they're likely going to have no chance whatsoever. Exactly. But I just think they, they've got to get Yeah, you got to get to that point. Right. I get your point. With, I'm just it's saying. It's still in the race. But That's without winning that do. game, without winning that game, there really isn't going to be a combination of wins that probably gets no. you in unless they win that game. Right. That's going to be the one if they do get there. And I guess every Giants fan would sign up for that right now. Off of the way this season has been, the way that loss was to the Jets, I mean, I think you'd have to sign up for, you know, whatever happens over the next three weeks, whatever it is, as long as you're alive going into the last game of the season, I, I think the Giants would sign up for it, and I think all their fans would too. Yeah, definitely. You know what's interesting? You think if they win the, win these next three games and then lose the Eagle game, they could get into the playoffs? They'd be at eight. But at the same time, is they got a division record. Is somebody else going to get to eight? Well, the, are the Eagles going to – to me, that's the big story in the NFC East now is that the Eagles – we looked at that schedule and we said, okay, it's tough, and they got two games. You know, the two teams that might be in the Super Bowl, they just beat the Patriots somehow. So now all of a sudden the Eagles are sitting at 5-7, and seven, and their pathway to 8 looks a heck of a lot better than the Giants right now, which is incredible given the fact <laughs> that they basically burned the city down two weeks ago. So – they quit um, on Chip. They quit yeah, on they him. They quit. They quit on Chip until they beat the defending Super Bowl champion at home. <laughs> they but, quit uh, on Chip no. until they put up 35 unanswered in New England. Right up exactly. About two-thirds of that game. So, I mean, look, I think that's all. The, 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 that has to be the Giants' goal now. And I'm not saying necessarily they're going to get to Week 17 and it's winning in. I mean, they might need help from Dallas or someone. But that is, that, that's the only thing I think they can cling on to is that we can still get – to our home game and our building in the race. But can they get there? We'll see. Yeah, if you look at it from an Eagles perspective, I mean, uh, what are they, who are their next two games? they got two tough games, right? Arizona's one of them. And Buffalo. And Buffalo, Buffalo and then Arizona. So, yeah. LeSean McCoy comes, uh, comes back to Philadelphia and then Arizona. Yes. Right. So, if they could somehow split those two and then they have Washington and the, and the Giants to close it out, if they split the next two and then win, you know, beat the two, win the two division games, it's pretty much in their hands. I, I, I can't see a way that they're not going to make the playoffs if they do that. It's amazing. Just, it's amazing to listen to this because, Jordan, you're right on that. that the, your logic is, is sound on that. But like we just were joking about, I mean, the town was burning down in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. They it wanted doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. But the rest of the division is that bad, Joe. And that's just, it's that simple. Well, like, everybody's Cowboys? that bad. Uh, I got to work cut out for them. I haven't done the math yet, but if there was a way for all four teams to finish <laughs> six and ten, that would be um, that would be something. All right, before we look forward to the Miami, sure game, there is. There probably, of course, there is. There's got to be some sort of weird thing that could happen. We wanted to play a game this week where 
you guys, I mean, you guys interact with Giants fans every single day, uh, whether in the comments section of NJ.com or on social media when they're reading your stories and, and giving you their instant feedback. And obviously during games, too, uh, when you're just trying to throw out an opinion on something and they're telling you you're wrong or you're right. So we're going to play a game here where I'm going to give you comments that were left. These are real comments by real Giants fans um, on the official Giants Facebook page after the game. And you're going to have to tell me which one of – we'll give you two at a time. And then which one of those two comments got more likes from other Giants fans. So do we get the kind of concept here? Yes. Okay. I give you two comments. You tell gotcha. me which one was liked more by other Giants fans. All right. You guys ready? Yep. All right. James, you get, you'll get the first one. Option A, this one was by Darren, fan Darren. Coach Coughlin, your ridiculous stadium-pleasing call to go on fourth down cost us the win. You deserve to bench yourself for the next game. This possible season-ending L is all on you. Sincerely frustrated New York Giants fans. That one was by Darren. So is, did that one get more likes or did this one, James? This one's by Mike. As a Giants fan since birth, I can honestly say Giants suck. Fire Coughlin now, now. Which one got more likes, A or B? I'm going to say B just because when you go with the by birth, you know, that usually – Pulls the heartstrings a little bit for some. It was actually A. It was, it was oh, wow. uh, Darren got more likes on that. I think it was probably the stadium pleasing call, whatever that meant. That guy was he was blaming Coughlin for you know doing whatever the stadium wanted to, even though I think the stadium didn't want him to do that. That sends more frustration in the first one. I think I think it was a very yeah. frust that was a very angry, frustrated tweet. It was. All right, or, you ready? or comment, comment, sorry. Yeah, yeah. you ready, Jordan? You're up next. Let's go. All right. Option A, this one's by Edward. Very sad to see them lose to the Jets, but they will come back big next week against the Dolphins. Never give up, as John Cena says. Option that B. Seems, seems very very positive. I'm not so sure positivity is going to play. Yeah, it was, it's more positive than most of them I saw. Option B by Derek. Was going to go to the Dolphins game to support my New York Giants, but now won't waste the money and time to go watch this team. Tom Coughlin needs to be fired. I still love my Giants, but I'm pissed right now. A or B? B, come on. It's got to be B. Yeah, and that was B by a mile. And actually, and it could have changed <laughs> because, you know, Facebook changes every 10 seconds. But at the time that I found the comment, um, the first comment there, Jordan, the one of the positivity, had zero likes. <laughs> zero. Zero. No one liked it. And in comparison, oh, in comparison, the other one had how many? The other one had 24 at the time. Oh. Uh, a blowout. Yeah, that Bring was the hatred. When, when things go good, you need the good. Exactly. All right, you're back up, James, all right? Yep, let's go. All right, here we go. Which one got more likes? This is the first comment by Kurt. Once again, the Giants make awful teams look great. It's tough being a Giants fan. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. So that's A, or option B by Mark. Hakeem Nix should be in there every play over Ruben Randall. Ruben Randall has no heart. I'm going to go with B. Yeah, that one was – this one was a landslide. It was – so Mark got 109 likes on his uh, Ruben Randall has no heart, and Kurt got nine on his it's tough being a Giants fan. Yeah, Ruben Randall's not a popular yeah, guy right now. Ruben Randall hates, yeah, real strong. That's what I was about to say, Joe. It's real strong at this point. It, and it's amazing because I, I didn't even realize until um, after the game I was thinking about it. He's a free what, agent. What, that he was playing? Years. You didn't realize yeah. it, uh, until after the game that he was playing? Uh, he's, he, I mean, his, <laughs> what a weird career he's had. All right, Jordan, you're up for our last one, all right? All right, Absolutely. let's do it. All right, option A by Kevin. Ben McAdoo must be the worst red zone offensive coordinator in New York Giants history. 
or option B by Sal. In history. In history. (laughs) As a 50-plus-year Giants fan, I have seen some ugly football from the G-Men. But the past five years have been grueling. Not fun or exciting to watch this team anymore, just a lot of disappointment and heartburn. Yeah, that's a little too well written. So I'm going with A, the worst in history. It was actually B, Sal. Maybe it was the 50-plus-year Giant fan thing, but Jordan, if I was to like one of them, I, I'd be with you. I, the Ben McAdoo one, and I have to give uh, Kevin some extra props because he was so mad he wrote the entire <laughs> thing in all caps. Oh, I come mean, on. I love, I love anyone who writes with all caps. Two, two things about those commenters. One, McAdoo, believe it or not, I mean, the Giants are horrible in the red zone this year, but last year I, I was looked up over the bye week. They had the best red zone offense in terms of ranking of the Coughlin era. And then for the other one, Five years ago, you won the Super Bowl. How grueling could that have been? James, <laughs> that's, James, that's a good point. I thought of that, too, James. I James, thought about that. James, you're not <laughs> listening to Kevin here. He's the worst red zone offense coordinator in history. Uh, you know, he, <laughs> he got dumb overnight, though, Joe. You don't realize this. This happens quite often in our business. Yes, it does. The NFL and, and fans, are they have conviction about that, that this could happen, that you could wake up dumb, and coaches, they seem to do it all the time. Or you can really get to where you, you know, this spot in life with that much success as a real bona fide idiot. You know, it's possible. They think it's possible. Like, this guy is the dumbest person in the history of the world. It's okay. amazing. In a sport, it's so competitive and there are so few spots that these, you know, idiots just somehow, you know, <laughs> get through the weeds and become head coaches or coordinators uh, in the NFL. All right, guys, we have four games to go here. The next one, obviously, is always the most important one. Monday Night Football, you guys will be in Miami, the Giants and the Dolphins. I mean, in terms of breaking it down and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's worthless at this point. But the Dolphins, they were a team that had some expectations. Then they had an awful start, changed coaches. Dan Campbell, the former Giant, took over. They played well for a few weeks, beat the Eagles in Philadelphia somehow. Um, and then they've kind of crumbled since then. In terms of the matchup, I mean, Tannehill can move a little bit. What are you thinking just in terms of the football matchup here? You know, forget the mental stuff and, and what the Giants state is right now. But just Giants, Dolphins, what are you thinking about the game as you look forward to it, Jordan? Well, the Dolphins aren't very good. This is a game the Giants have to win. They lost three straight. Absolutely must 100% win. I mean, no doubt. Uh, you can run the ball against the Dolphins. Uh, their pass rush also not very good. The offense really has to come and play for the Giants. They can't come up and put up 10 points on the board again like they did this past game. So, uh, you know, there's some pressure on this offense. I mean, the defense, too, if they let Ryan Tannehill run up and down the field and do serious damage, and you know, there needs to be some serious introspection or look in the mirror if they can't, you know, at least limit Ryan – I mean, uh, Ryan Tannehill, I almost called him Fitzpatrick – if they can't limit Ryan Tannehill to the almost 400 yards that they allowed um, Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw for. So that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, you can't get beat by mediocre Ryan quarterbacks two weeks in a row. Uh, James, how about you? In Is terms that a of rule, the- Joe? Or I think that- that if you're going to make the playoffs, I think it's got to be a rule. I know. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever done that either. <laughs> James, how about you on the matchup? Giants, Dolphins, Monday Night Football, um, Tannehill at the quarterback position. Lamar Miller is pretty good, but I mean, they don't have. It's not a, obviously. It's a pretty bad team with the way they played. Yeah, I mean, what fascinates me about this is that you know, obviously they, they beat the. I, I didn't watch the games. I was I was covering Giants Jets, but they beat the Ravens fifteen thirteen on Sunday, and you know, obviously uh, interim head coach Dan Campbell, former Giant, fired the offensive coordinator last week. 
apparently they just basically played caveman football on Sunday. And they just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball some more. And they just tried to, you know, just line up and and knock the heck out of the guy in front of them. Um, And it worked. Now, obviously, the Ravens are not a very good football team. I don't think the Dolphins are, too. But, you know, from what I read, you know, the Dolphin, a lot of Dolphin players love Dan Campbell and like him to stay on, maybe as the head coach or in some sort of capacity next season. So I think it's going to be an interesting game for the Giants in the sense that this team isn't very good, but they might have a lot to play for and a desire. And if they're going to go out there and be physical with the Giants' defense and their offense, you know, obviously they've got, they've got, you know, and Dominican Sue is this offensive line is going to have to block him at some point. Um, I know he's not having a great year, but he still is in Dominican Sue. So this could be a tough matchup for the Giants, I think, if they're not careful. To go to your point, James, I just looked at the box score as you were saying that because I was yeah. with you guys yesterday, so I didn't uh, watch the Dolphins-Ravens game on Sunday either. And I probably wouldn't have even if I was home just because yes. they're, they're bad teams. Uh, but, yeah. Otherwise, you've got to reassess your life, Joe. You do. That's you got to have to change the priority. Dolphins-Ravens at this point, yeah. Yeah, you can't sit down and watch that. Ryan Tannehill only completed nine passes, and Jarvis Landry, their best weapon, only caught two. So, yeah, in a way, I guess that was caveman football. They do have yeah, a no, new I offensive mean, coordinator. They do have a new offensive coordinator. We've got to mention that. I don't think that's a positive. No, no. Off of the, and they scored all their points in one quarter. So, you know, that they're a weird team. And uh, But if they run it the whole time, like you said, I mean, it's going to be it, – it's a challenge because every game right now uh, is a challenge for the Giants. So, five and seven, the Giants look forward. At worst, they're going to be, you know, right at one game out of the NFC East with four to play at best. Uh, tied for this thing with four games to play. A lot of season left, but uh, it feels like we've had, you know, it's been a long season already, but there still is a quarter of it to go. And we'll be with you again uh, probably towards the middle of next week after Giants and Dolphins on Monday night. Jordan, have a great week, uh, and thanks for doing this as always. Anytime, Joe. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. You got it. And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 34 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. Follow the podcast at Jordan Renan, at James Scratch. They bring you the Giants coverage every day, at Joe Giglio Sports, and of course on iTunes and Stitchers where you can find us. Listen and subscribe. We'll be back with you next week after the Giants and the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. <laughs>